0: Town TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast.
1: Hi, friends. The world got you down.
3: About to talk about a song that I think, in a lot of ways, could be looked at as one of the more divisive al tracks. I feel like people either adore this song or you hear them not talk it talk about it at all.
1: <laughs> I I had no idea that this was in any way divisive, but I looked it up, and it is. Yeah, and I think honestly, the reason why is just because. Maybe more than anything we have talked about so far, this is not that funny.
3: No. There's, there's
1: almost no jokes in Airline Amy. Uh, it's, it's, I think, okay, so right off the bat, I think the easiest comparison to make for this song is... Melanie. Melanie. Yeah,
3: and Melanie's just a better song for like. Well, well, like well Melanie every... is
1: funnier. So Me- yeah. Uh, uh, well, it's interesting, right? Okay, so Melanie is funnier while also being more dark, uh, alarming. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> this is there's nothing in this song that indicates in okay in Melanie that woman is in trouble. Yes, this is a problem. She is yes. this this guy, the character that Al is playing in Melanie is shaving her cat and following her around. And, and it, it is a serious, serious situation. There's nothing in the lyrics of Airline Amy that indicates that this guy is doing anything other than <laughs> flying a lot to see this person who he has become infatuated with.
3: Which, I mean, and now we're going to, for a quick second of being logical uh, yes. or or completely buying into too much logic here. He has to buy so many plane tickets on the offshot chance that she's even working that particular flight. It
1: it must be expensive. It must be quite a game. (laughs) I'm reminded of, you know, in Lost, you know, spoilers for Lost, everybody, (laughs) but in in Lost, uh, when uh, Jack and a few of them get off of the island and then he keeps flying back and forth he keeps booking flights on the same route that he crashed the first time because he wants to crash again cuz he's so yeah. nervous he's so like upset for the people that they left behind yeah um and that's that's what i think of on this song of like this guy just booking flight after flight and hoping that when he gets on the plane amy's going to be there it's a tragic yeah. story
3: cuz like let me ask you a question you and i are both people who have flo- flown a lot in our lives yes and I fly the same airline. I'm pretty much exclusively an American Airlines person because I have one of those AA cards so sure. I get better ticket costs. I don't think I've ever once seen the same stewardess in all of
1: my <laughs> Well, life. I, I, I guess but also, I I don't I've certainly don't never think clocked about it. it. I would yeah, say I never, I mean. I've never I've never gotten on a plane and be like, "Oh, it's you again." Like that yeah. has never happened. <laughs> but but maybe I'm not, you know, I'm not the the, the romantic That's true. That this man is.
3: I Uh, I think... I want to stick with the Melanie comparison for for just a little bit longer. Because I... There's no way to say this that doesn't sound mean. But, like, I think this is just a way more boring song than Melanie. Like, Like, Melanie, from even, like, a songwriting stance... Yeah. Has, like, these interesting harmonies and melodies and, like... I think that this is going to... God, there's no way to say this. doesn't sound awful. But Airline Amy, by itself, I would say this song and Next Week's song drags all of Off the Deep End lower on my radar. Because I was like, as we were doing these episodes, I was thinking like, oh man, Off the Deep End is also really solid. Like, Why do I not think of this as one of Al's absolute best? And then it was like, we hit, this song and i was reminded like yeah if this was a 10 track album that just went from taco grande to the ending track i would i would be putting this right up there with a dare to be stupid and an even worse when we get to the end and i i just think that this is it's not al's worst original i mean who knows we haven't gotten to the ranking yet maybe i will decide that it is it's not al's work it's not al's worst original but it's it's almost worse than being the worst original because it's so forgettable. We trash I Want a New Duck a lot, but boy, do I think about that song a lot. Does it pop into my head? Like, I re listened to this song less than an hour ago, and I genuinely could not tell you the chorus to this song. Like, it just evaporates from my brain every time I listen to it.
1: This is great. Uh, this th- th- <laughs> this is maybe going to be the most we have ever disagreed on a song.
3: <laughs> yes,
1: which is awesome because <laughs> I absolutely love this song. I think it's awesome. I think it is in terms of how well written it is. I think it is absolutely right there next to Melanie. I really, really do, and it's possible, you know. So again, it's really interesting to me that this is because I, I didn't know that this was. If you go onto the the Ask Al forums. Well, sorry, there's Ask Al, which is like a QA thing he did for years. And then there's the Weird Al forums on his website. Those things are all still up and active. And there is a thread on the forums for every single song for people to discuss them. And the thread for this song is so long with people saying exactly what we're talking about right now, of people being like, This is one of the my favorite Al originals ever. And other people are being like, This is the most forgettable thing he has ever done. What are you talking about? Um, and it is really interesting to me because I do feel like it's hitting a similar, at least for me, it's hitting a similar songwriting mark to Melanie in terms of, I'm going to back up a little bit. This is credited as a, I think what this is, is a style parody. This is a loose, very, very, very loose style parody. But he has said on the Ask Al forums, which I just mentioned, that it is, um, uh, inspired by a couple of songs that he heard by Nick Lowe and Jonathan okay. Richmond. Okay. Now, n- there's a specific song by Nick Lowe that is called Switchboard Susan. Okay. <laughs> now, int- this is an interesting one because musically, this song and Switchboard Susan have almost nothing in common. They are not theme similar. theme-wise. But theme-wise, it's the same lyrical conceit the idea of this is literally like an old school, boy, talk about an old school premise. This guy calling the operator line over and over again in the hopes that he gets Susan to connect his call to the person he's trying to, to reach. So lyrically, the infatuation and the trying to find this person who's just doing their job. And the idea that uh, this person who is doing their job in doing their job is flirting with you. Mm-hmm. that's the that's where the connective tissue is so super interesting it's like a lyrical style parody but not a musical style parody I don't think I have seen anything like this from Al thus far and yeah. when I first saw switchboard Susan I was like ah I mean maybe someone's reaching again because of the naming structure um but I now the more that I looked at the lyrics I would recommend people listen uh, side note Nick Lowe is amazing awesome he's
3: awesome. such
1: a such a great guy um he wrote um Cruel people to be kind. Yeah, Cruel to be kind was a big hit of his. He also wrote the song um, What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding that Elvis yeah. Costello made into a, a hit. Um, Nick Lowe is brilliant. And another interesting one is Jonathan Richman. Are you familiar with Jonathan Richman?
3: Jonathan Richman is one of those people whose names I've heard just because I'm always on, like – I'm always looking for, for like, music – that I haven't heard that blow that will blow me away. And like, I, you can't go on most like music and especially like seventies, eighties singer songwriter places and not hear Just nonstop praise praise for Jonathan Richmond. But I've never, I've yet to really dive into any of his stuff, but that is a name I know
1: quite well. So (laughs) probably the most actually, no, for sure. The most notable thing, Jonathan Richmond started out in a band called the modern lovers Yes. that go way, way, way back to like, I think the Modern Lovers were formed in 1970 and now get considered as this kind of like proto power pop, like a garage rock meets power pop band. The Modern Lovers have a song called Roadrunner that is without a doubt the most notable song uh, you're going to hear. It was featured in the movie School of Rock.
0: Okay. Um, yeah. So
1: if you've seen that movie, you know Roadrunner uh, at least a little bit. Um but after Modern Lovers really only put out one, the, there's one record credited to Modern Lovers, and then it was like Jonathan Richmond and the Modern Lovers, and then after that, Jonathan Richmond has put out solo records for decades. decades. Yeah, um, and he is a really interesting dude because he, I would recommend for people who listen to this show, who love Al, presumably. <laughs> To check out his music because he is a song. He's a songwriter for sure, and he is not. He doesn't do comedy songs really. Like that's not. I. I would. No one would ever call him like a comedy songwriter. It's
3: not like a Tony okay situation no. where you can hear the weird elements that but, Al pulls from. Correct. Yeah.
1: But if you listen to Jonathan Richmond, you will absolutely hear why Al would love him. Yeah. he he is a a great super catchy songwriter but his songs are weird they're oddly structured they feel kind of like even the most polished records he has made are kind of herky jerky almost demo like they're they're not perfect there's weird there's a, a really great song of his um that's called I was dancing in the lesbian bar um that is literally it's about exactly what it sounds like that he has found himself in this <laughs> place and he's still enjoying himself but is acknowledging where he is just weird premises for songs but still very hooky and very fun it's maybe an acquired taste for people but it's worth shouting out here the fact that al even references jonathan richmond uh and hey maybe if you're listening to this and you're like i agree with matt kelly airline amy is a boring song maybe don't check out (laughs) jonathan richmond because that's the closest uh comparison that nick Lowe and also just like power pop yeah um which is a genre that I absolutely love.
3: I do, too. I feel like I should love this song, and I don't. Um, this is a notable song, though, Matt. I okay. feel like this needs to be... Let Let me see if you draw the same conclusion that I draw with this. Okay. So June 6, 1990, was when recording of Off the Deep End officially began. Mm-hmm. The first song recorded in that session was Airline Amy. Yes. And these recording sessions were the first time Yankovic self-produced his songs. Okay. That's right. That's true. So we can conclude that this is the first Al Yankovic produced song.
1: I guess that's true, right? I mean, uh, at at least in his proper career. I mean, you know, this is where you get into that funny territory. Arguably, Al self-produced his original My Bologna in the toilet recording. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Before before he had done well enough to get uh, producers involved like Rick Derringer. But yes, no, you're right. Uh, So if this is the first song recorded on Off the Deep End, which it seems to have been, uh, then yes, this is the first time that Al and this band have gone into the studio together and made a record where... Al is the one calling the calling shots completely. The shots. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. That is interesting. That, that is a unique quality of this track. You know, it's funny. It's hard to even know what to say. Cause I'm, I want to pick your brain about this a little bit more, but it, it's so wild to me that you like that. The chorus is, is, uh, uh, like lost on you and forgettable because I think about, first of all, I have to give a shout out right away. I think this song has some of the best Steve J bass playing of any song in Al's entire catalog. I would strongly encourage people to listen. The chorus of the song has this like descending bass line. It's just endlessly moving. It never stops like flying around the neck. Coming out of the, there's like, I guess, a bridge, verse three, where Al goes like, Airline Amy, this is my new mission. Like, everything about it is so tasty and just delicious to me, (laughs) like, Jim West is doing guitar lick after guitar lick. Every phrase has this, like, little guitar riff solo in it. This, to me, sounds like Al and his band having the most fun. That's what I hear when I hear this song. It just sounds like, like, catchy moment after catchy moment, and uh, uh, yeah, and it's, (laughs) this is, I don't even know what to say because I I just enjoy it so much, and I'm trying to, I, I wish I could figure out what where we're disconnecting here and and what the uh
3: i think it's uh, literally just what i can like it's so it, it, i i don't understand it either we almost had a guest on this episode yeah uh, and i chose not to have a guest on this episode because mc lars has been on the show like four times <laughs> the, the last four times we've had guests
1: mc so lars we needed is a, attempting a hostile takeover of our show <laughs> we're not gonna let it happen guys
3: but like I was like, okay, Lars loves this song. <laughs> I had a feeling you would also love this song. Yeah, I've seen people love this song. So even today, I sat down. I was like, all right. Clearly, we missed something way back when. Clearly, we haven't been giving this song enough attention. And like, I hit play, and I was like, it's fine. Like, like <laughs> it was like it was such like. No, a- it's
1: not fine. It's excellent. <laughs> it's it's so <laughs> good. It's so good. Uh, someone else, there's a couple questions about this on, on Ask Al that I want to talk about. Someone pointed out, and I love this as an observation. Did you choose the name a- Amy and Airline Amy because your initials are A-M-Y? Alfred Matthew Yankovic. What and did you say Al, to that? Al responded, actually, I was more, going more for the alliteration. I suppose it could have been Airline Annie. But you're right. <laughs> I guess on some level, I was influenced by my own initials. <laughs>
0: What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci fi but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Binge Town TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast.
1: Hi friends, the world got you down.
0: So come join the fem Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, FemRegard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network.
1: As I already mentioned, uh, someone asked who, what slash who inspired Airline Amy? And he said, I was not thinking about any particular woman. Airline Amy was inspired by a couple of songs I heard by Nick Lowe and Jonathan Richman. And then just a goofy... Uh, Oh, no, and there's another one here. Um, Someone said, Airline Amy is your only love song that doesn't end in suicide, death, or general misery for all involved. Is this because it was inspired by a real-life person or were you just in a good mood that day? To which Al responds, I didn't have anybody in mind when I wrote the song, and I'm pretty much always in a good mood. (laughs) I love him so much. (laughs) and I know, right? And for what it's worth, I've always thought You Make Me was a pretty straightforward love song, which we did talk about when we did You Make Me. And then one other just random funny one, someone asked, um, are there any secret tracks on any of your albums? And Al responded, yes, on Off the Deep End, there's a secret track called Airline Amy. Shh, don't tell anybody. (laughs) So... Yeah, a good few questions about it. A lot of people wondering if it's based on a real person. I do think it's interesting that people assume because it's not so dark that maybe it's real.
3: That it must be real. Yeah. That it
1: must be real, but <laughs> I don't know. I think that there is despite the fact that it's not as direct and it's not as on the nose, it's still there, creepy. It's it's it's, still it's still creepy <laughs> and it's sad, right? Like yeah. this is this is about like someone who's just delusional and someone who's who has does not have a grip on on reality at all, and the fact that they think this person who is doing the most basic job, like all they are doing is handing out coffee. Um, I, I'll, I'll go over the lyrics for a few minutes here. The um, yeah. the uh, met this pretty young stewardess on a nonstop flight. She showed me to my seat, and it was love at first sight. Now lately, I've been flying to all kinds of places that I never really wanted to go, because I'll do anything just to spend a little time with the cutest flight attendant I know. So as you pointed out, Matt, you're right. We uh, Presumably, there's no way he, he's exclusively taking flights with just this person. He must just be trying to. Uh,
3: just trying out of desperation. Yeah.
1: Trying to and get her. Go ahead. He
3: he does. I don't know where you stand on this. I do not have a problem with this nearly as much as I think a lot of other people do. He does a thing in the bridge where he rhymes nuts with nuts.
1: He, he drive, <laughs> drives nuts with peanuts.
3: Yeah, no, he that's nuts with nuts.
1: Let's be honest. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, technically, okay, she's driving him nuts and he's getting peanuts. That's sort of like, you know, Black set Sa- the homonym rhyme. Yeah. Black Sabbath, yes. generals gathered in their masses just like witches at black masses.
3: Yes, exactly. Technically, that's, it's
1: two different words.
3: <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. Like if you rhyme if you wrote a song where you rhymed there with there and they were just the <laughs> definition different words there, you still rhymed there with there. That's fair. That's fair. I have never been bothered by that. I know that there are some people who are will throw their hands in the air and be like, What a lazy songwriter. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but uh Yeah. I mean, well so interesting. I and like
3: I- it because I think it plays on the idea that there are two different meanings for the word. Nuts, yeah, and even in this sense, when he says, like, she's driving me nuts, like, to him, it's that. Infatuated, so in love with somebody, where you're just like, I am just nuts for you. Yeah, but like to every person listening, it's like, no, you're
1: psychotic now. Exactly. Like
3: she's like she's driven you psychotic nuts.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she exactly, exactly. I also want to point out because we've been talking about it a good bit recently, and I think it's a really interesting thing we keep addressing, which is that this is one of those songs that has a repeat chorus. Yes, it does not change. Which makes me think once again the primary goal of this song is not comedy. You know, we've said before how Al you change the chorus in a comedy song and every time you come back around you change it so that you can get a new joke in. Well and I Al does say, not do that on this song.
3: I would say yes and no, because I think I think that this song is exactly what you're talking about. That this is not a song specifically written for comedy for those exact reasons. Yeah. I think in some of the other examples Good old days and Melanie are two that jump to my mind immediately. Keeping the chorus the same, almost in a weird way. He doesn't need to write new jokes because the chorus is naturally being heightened by the growing absurdism of the lyrics, leading up to which Melanie had too. Yeah, which, which, but this I don't think has that as much. Like, this is by all intents and purposes. Very straightforward. I, I, the I first think, verse is the thesis and then the rest is just a song based off that thesis. I, I think There's as no we have said before,
1: this <laughs> like, is, if we were going to make a compilation, side note, this is a fun idea. All right. <laughs> make a compilation of the best of Normal Al.
3: Yeah, Normal Al.
1: This is absolutely a Normal Al track. Like 100%. This, this is for sure, like if you, I, I, and again, it's funny because you're saying it in a forgettable way. I'm saying it in a remarkable way. For me... If you're trying to show someone a Weird Al, if if, if you like someone who's like, oh, I heard you do a podcast about Weird Al. That's that goofy song guy who I know like three things from over the last 30 years. Why do you like him so much? For me, this would be a strong contender for something to show someone as just a piece of his writing and his ability to write an original song. That's not what you expect.
3: I'm looking at his originals and I'm thinking that besides the song, there's maybe two and a half songs that we've covered thus far that would fall into that normal owl category. Do you get about the same count on your end?
1: Yeah. I mean, we were talking about because Melanie is close, but even Melanie is more like even Melanie, he's dark. Yeah, he's, It's dark and he's, you know, shaving animals. And there, there are lines in there that are that are like on the edge of like yeah. he's tipping his hand a little bit.
3: I was thinking that one. I was thinking UHF is yep. kind of devoid of jokes. I would And agree. Midnight Star. I think that we didn't really talk about it too much in Midnight Star, but like at its core, Midnight Star is literally just a song about a magazine that, that any band could have written a song about their favorite magazine. That's Correct. not so out of the realm yeah. of absurdism. Like a lot of the other ones, but I'm yeah, trying to think it, if there's any other ones that I missed. I feel again, like those a are the somewhat three big silly,
1: ones. Silly, somewhat like oddball premise for a song, but not inherently just like a comedy track. Not it doesn't have jokes in it in the same way. It's true.
3: Yeah, those yeah. are the only three that I could think of besides this one. So yeah, this is the this would be the I guess the third or fourth depending on how you look at Melanie, mm-hmm. Normal Owl track, and with that in mind. Three of those ranked high for both of us. (laughs) Now we must see where we rank. Well, real, real quick. I want,
1: I want to, I want to go through just a few more of the lyrics if that's okay. Okay. That is totally fine. Okay, cool. So the, the, uh, again, we said the, the chorus is the same every time the, you said you set my ever loving heart on fire. Airline Amy, tell me I'm your favorite frequent flyer. Airline Amy found a little piece of heaven on a seven forty seven. No one else can take me higher than airline Amy. That just repeats every time. But the, uh, Again, the the idea of this sad person who thinks that this is special behavior. Every one of our dates is at 30,000 feet. She always points out the exits to me. She's so sweet. You know she gets me my headphones for free and refills my coffee cup whenever I ask. And you got to admit, my baby looks pretty hot when she's wearing that oxygen mask. Oxygen mask. Probably We're, the
3: funniest it, line in the whole song is that line.
1: It probably is. also just... Interesting to hear. Like, I don't, I think this might be the only time in any Al song where Al refers to somebody as hot.
3: Uh, there's also, oh, you got a line. Well, no, no, no. I was going to say, there's also a line we always talk about where Al just grazes the concept of sex. Yes. Anywhere. Here we go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anywhere in a song. And we, we get that in the next verse. Uh, it's, it's probably the most explicit thing that he's written in an original outside of the, have to use the self-service pumps joke in yes. one more minute.
1: Yes. Yeah. So they uh, anyway, back to the, uh, the Amy Darlin, don't you know... This is the bridge. Amy Darlin, don't you know you really drive me nuts mm-hmm. every time you're handing out those honey-roasted peanuts. Airline Amy, this is my new mission. Killer bass riff. <laughs> Going to get you in an upright, locked position. Now, that's great. I love that line so much. And the reason why is because that is obviously... Loaded with innuendo, but what does that mean? (laughs) That's not a thing. (laughs) Like I don't know what an upper. (laughs) I don't know what that. Not to be too vulgar here. I don't know what that position would look like. I guess that doesn't seem like an appealing.
3: Nope, doesn't seem great at all.
1: (laughs) Uh, This. You know what? The other thing about this, everything about it feels like. And maybe this is something I also find very charming. Of it, it feels like a crush from like a child almost like yeah. it's very oh, childlike and- you know what I mean like again how how Melanie was was dark and loaded and like and grab and this is just someone who's being like it would be the same thing as being obsessed with like a waitress at a restaurant because they kept coming and refilling your water and getting you like new cokes and you'd be like oh my god she like look how how much she likes me she keeps coming back over here like it's just very childlike yeah I I, I don't mind the fact that it's not Laugh out loud, funny. I, I'm going to say I, I think this is a perfectly constructed song. In my opinion, right. well, absolutely let, perfect.
3: Let's see you put your mo- money where your mouth is. Where are you putting it on the original songs list?
1: Uh, I, oh boy, Matt, I, th- I I cannot wait to see how different we are on this song. <laughs> I am putting this at number three. Wow, above Melanie, uh, just above Melanie. I if, so if, to run down my top five right now. UHF. Dare to be Stupid, Airline Amy, Melanie, and Nature Trail to Hell.
3: Wow. Okay.
1: I, I I absolutely love this song. And boy, am I excited. Okay. No, actually, before I say anything else, Matt, you go ahead. You rank.
3: So, at one point, I thought this might go to the bottom. I love it. Now, I'm not putting it at the bottom. The reason that I was thinking about putting it at the bottom was that I was comparing it to what's currently at my bottom, which is Got a Boogie. and Another I was great like, song, Matt. Another great song. <laughs> A song that I look at and I go, man, maybe I did put that too low. <laughs> and and that's the only thing that's stopping this from sitting at the bottom is that I do think that this is a worse song than Got a Boogie in my mind. <laughs> but <laughs> then everything, there's like a bunch of songs above Got a Boogie that I'm like, these are equally forgettable in my mind. So I'm bringing it kind of in the low end of the middle, just below I'll Be Mellow When I'm Dead. And let me be your hog.
1: I'll be mellow when I'm dead. Another funny one that I have a lot higher than you. Way higher. Than Way it, yes. higher than you. So that actually speaks volumes. That's a great. Yeah. That's a great reference point. Um,
3: and I think that when we do our next mailbag, and we're allowed to move one song, I think it's time that I, I kind of relocate "Got a Boogie" a couple slots. I, I am to- so
1: excited. I hope that people who are listening to this will go to our social media and chime in on their thoughts on this song, because I love how... Th- truly, this might be the most different opinion of anything we've had, at least in months. Yeah. Um, and now that our list is larger, when we disagree on something, <laughs> the space between them is way, it's way, way bigger dramatic. than it used to be. dramatic, yeah. <laughs> but I want to give a quick moment here to shout out, because I thought some version of this might happen in this episode, and as we already talked about Nick Lowe and we talked about Jonathan Richman, I really think that Al musically has a lot of big new wave influence mm-hmm. in what he does and just a quick because i think a lot of these acts i made a, a list of things that i think are very similar to this song and bands that i really know and love that i want to shout out okay this is a, very right. much my record store guy period coming Do out it right up now. because but this is kind
3: of the end of new wave al this is where... this
1: uh, kind of is actually for at least a very long time i don't know what else i can think of that it's going to feel like this Um, Some of these names you're going to know, some of them you're not. Uh, Sweet, Cheap Trick, The Plimsolls, The Raspberries, The Records, The Only Ones, Big Star, The Knack. We know Al likes The Knack, he's already done them. The Flamin' Groovies, The Undertones, The Laws, Squeeze, The Paul Collins Beat, The Quick, The Three O'Clock, Super Drag, Sloan, Dwight Twilley, Split Ends, The Boys. Also, there are there's an amazing compilation that's on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever you have, released by the Numero group, and it's called Buttons. Um, that is obscure power pop stuff, like bands that nobody has ever heard of in their life. There's Buttons, and then there's Yellow Pills is another one. Um, two compilations that are just like, if you, in my opinion, if you like this song a lot, and if you're like, this song is the catchiest thing I've ever heard, what is Matt Kelly talking about? Just take the rest of your year. And listen and to listen all of that stuff I just every mentioned. single one of
3: those, and also <laughs> subscribe to the One Hit Thunder podcast where I think we've covered at least four of the artists
1: that you've named. There you go, see, <laughs> there you go. That's that's what's up. That's what's up. Great right, crossover. Well,
3: well, we will be back next week with the last parody on Off the Deep End. Oof, weird one. Until then.
0: what's up everybody this is brian here to tell you about our podcast binge town tv our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television we cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Binge Town TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast.
1: Hi friends, the world got you down.